We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, The Score, uh, The Inevitable. Went down today. Not not officially official, but we are on the way. If you enjoyed spending your summer days at Arlington Park taking in some horse racing, this summer might be your last opportunity to do so. Uh, joining me on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue at, or at apford.com, Steve Bittenbender joins me at Casino Org, Steve B., on Twitter, uh, Steve, we've been talking a lot about this over the last couple of years. Uh, the writing was on the wall. We knew that Arlington was getting out of the horse racing business. But but can you explain for our listeners here on 670, the score, uh, why today was pivotal? pivotal? Well, today was pivotal because Churchill Downs, the owner of the track, uh, released a statement saying that they – will or they've launched a process to put our put the property uh in arlington heights uh on the market um they've uh retained cbre a commercial real estate firm to market the property and churchill downs inc ceo uh bill Carstangen said in the statement that uh, he, he basically said that arlington's Days as a racetrack are numbered in that, as he said before, uh, the the property um, can have a better use for some other type of development. Ah, hmm. uh, man, there are a lot of layers to this. I know one. I know a lot of people that are going to miss Arlington Park. They want one answer about why this happened. And maybe there's one reason uh, more than others, but can you kind of kind of go over uh, some of the few reasons we got to this point? Well, you know, as, as, you know, as you said, this is, you know, the writing's been on the wall here, you know, probably for a couple of years. You know, you go back to two years ago, uh, just before the uh, Illinois legislature uh, passes its expanded gaming bill that allow that allows tracks to uh, operate casinos. Obviously, Hawthorne Park's working on theirs right now. Um, before that happens, Churchill Downs decides to uh, go in with with Rush Street and uh, purchase a majority stake in Rivers uh, the Rivers Casino out there. Which, obviously, you guys know. You know, the Rivers Casino in Arlington Park, they're not that far apart. 
So that was right. probably the first indication right there that something that that, that some some red flag uh, right there. Then from that, you know, you had a, a very drawn out process between uh, the track and the Illinois Horsemen regarding purses for the 2020 meet. That ended up, you know, that was supposed to be done by January 1st, 2020. Didn't get uh, resolved for about six months, you know, for about six months after that. Led to a truncated meet. Obviously, it's probably going to be a truncated meet anyway because of COVID. But, uh, you know, that obviously didn't help matters either. Um, you didn't have the Arlington Million last year, which obviously is, is, the, is the crown jewel of, of, that, of, of, the race, uh, of the racetrack there. And, you know, just one thing led to another. And then as the meet was going on last year, as I said, Karstan, uh, Mr. Karstangen again brought up the fact that, you know, he saw Arlington, Churchill saw the property there in Arlington Heights uh, serving a better purpose than racing. And, you know, Churchill has said that, you know, they're still committed to Illinois racing. You know, what that means you know, is still somewhat up in the air. You know, are they possibly looking at building a track elsewhere? Um, are they looking to, uh, you know, run dates at, say, Hawthorne or an, another track in the state and, 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 and sub those out? It remains to be seen. I know Governor Pritzker um, is obviously concerned about this. Um, his uh, his spokesperson uh, told me that they're keeping an eye on this and they want to hear more from uh, Churchill as far as their plans uh, regarding, uh, not, you know, not just regarding Arlington, but regarding their commitment to racing in the state. Hmm. Uh, with Steve Bittenbender, does a great job covering horse racing for casino.org. Uh, with me right here on Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, Steve, is uh, is the end September? I would say it's all but certain that it's going to be um, September. Uh, the The statement says that they don't anticipate a sale closing before then. Uh, obviously, the, the purse contract that they have with the Illinois Horsemen runs out after this year. Um, so I don't anticipate them. Um, I don't anticipate them applying for dates in 2022. Um, I also, much to the chagrin of um, some horsemen in the state and, and some and some horse players in the state, I don't see them looking to sell the property to another entity that would want to keep the track there. And I know it's disappointing news for a lot of people, especially in Arlington Heights, because as, as you know, as your listeners know, that is a community that has, you know, really tied its image to the track. You know, it, it, it's what, it's what puts, uh, puts the village there on the map and it, it's, you know, it, it's what it's known for. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it looks like it's, you know, as as Mayor Hayes told me um, earlier today, you know, it, it, it's a sad day for Arlington Heights, and it's a it's a sad day for a lot of uh, a lot of racing fans, not just in the Chicago area, but nationwide. 
the rumor forever. I mean, we can go back <laughs> decades, Steve. If you do a Google search, you will see the Bears linked to moving to Arlington Heights. Uh, in your in your circles, do you hear a lot about that? About the Bears leaving downtown and going out to uh, and taking all this land in Arlington Heights? Well, I, I, you know, I, I can definitely tell you that um, after I posted my story on Twitter and after I posted the news on Twitter, that <laughs> probably 65 to 70 percent of the responses I got were were Bears related. Um, yep. You know, now I'm I'm not an NFL guy, uh, but my understanding is that uh, the Bears do have uh, currently a long term lease with Soldier Field, but. As we all know, in in major league uh, sports, you know, things can happen. And you know, would it surprise me if if the Bears went out there? No, it wouldn't. Um, as you know, um, Bill Carstensen said in his uh, his statement, you know, it's very accessible to downtown Chicago. That you know, you've got a uh, a rail line right there. Um, you know, it obviously is definitely big enough. Um, so, you know, I definitely wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. And one thing to consider is if it were to become uh, the, the next home of the Bears, uh, from a gaming perspective, that would open up the possibility for uh, a, a sports book to uh, still operate out of that property because of the expanded gaming bill offered uh, the pro- professional sports teams a chance to, uh, you know, have a sports book, uh, you know, on their, uh, uh, on or around their stadium property. Sure. Yeah. It, it would make a lot of sense to me. The Chicago, I know you, you don't live here, so you're not uh, <laughs> as aware, but Chicago Park District has a lot of control over, uh, they, they basically run Soldier Field. I don't have all the details, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, they're in a long deal. Right. I, I, I wonder if the Bears are going to be motivated to have control and do whatever they want there. And as you mentioned, uh, build a sports book. They, if they want, they can make a whole lot of money off that, but it's also going to cost them a lot of money. If they uh, if they wanted to build that, uh, Steve, mm-hmm. we're about a year into legalization. Now we didn't have sport mm-hmm. for many many months in the state, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it all got shut down right after the big announcement. A couple weeks later, like oh, okay, now we're not going to have sports for months and months and months. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you, as you review the numbers uh, after they officially come in, many months later uh, for Illinois, for some reason they are the slowest state. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your view of the Illinois sports? betting market and uh it seems like they've taken over number four and that's where they've been as far as uh revenue over not not revenue handle over the past few months right no you know they they've quickly established themselves as number four now with michigan coming online and and michigan uh now uh, getting ready to have a, a a full month of february um we'll see if they're able to challenge um, Illinois for that spot. Um, at the same time, you know, Illinois' numbers, you know, they did $491 million in, um, in December. That's not that far off from what, uh, from what Pennsylvania did. Um, and obviously, they're, they're comparable um, market sizes. So, you know, you've got, you know, some, some play there where, you know, three, you know, three, four, and five as far as, you know, you know, what states that might be, you know, in the near future, Illinois very easily could become the number three state. Uh, 
And, you know, you see how New Jersey has progressed. And obviously Nevada's been hit, you know, Nevada's been hit hardest by COVID more than any other gaming state in, in, in the country, obviously, because uh, very few people are traveling. That's obviously yeah. affected the books out there. You know, so, you know, Illinois' range, you know, they, you know, they could find themselves here in the very near future as, you know, potentially, you know, the, the, the second most lucrative state in the nation for uh, as far as sports betting goes. Do you think anyone's ever going to catch New Jersey now? It's going to depend on what New York does. New York, you know, there's there's discussions going on right now as far as finally getting uh, online betting in New York. Um, the lawmakers want a system similar to what New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Indiana have, where it's run, it's run through the casinos. There's multiple skins, multiple players, and you know that kind of robust market. Governor Cuomo in New York. Has um, has his sights set for something sim- more similar to what uh, Oregon, in Delaware, in New Hampshire have done, where it's just one operation and the state reaps, you know, most of the revenue. Um, you know, I, how that ends up, I don't know. I think the lawmakers will probably, you know, you know they they've got to get a budget out there in New York by April first. So, you know, I think their chances are good to get sports betting passed there. Uh, it's definitely better than it has been in, in recent years. And if they're able to, if they're able to get sports betting up and running in New York, that's going to take, take a uh, big chunk, probably 25 to 30 percent of New Jersey's market right there. Steve, the question used to be, Joe, when are we going to get DraftKings and FanDuel? When are we going to get DraftKings and FanDuel? Now the question is, uh, what about Barstool Sports? When are we going to get the Barstool app? That's a good question. Obviously, you've got uh, you've got ten national casinos there in Illinois with with Hollywood. So you know, there's obviously you know you know the opportunity is there. As far as the timing goes, I'm not sure when that is. You know, they Penn's been somewhat deliberate as far as the rollout goes. You know, they were in Pennsylvania. They quickly established themselves as a uh, major competitor there. They're currently number three in that state, which, you know, as, as I said, is comparable to Illinois right now. So, you know, they're they're definitely in line to become a uh, a lucrative player when uh, when they get the go ahead. In uh, in Illinois and in Indiana too. Yeah, good stuff from uh, Steve Bittenbender. I suggest you check out his column on Arlington Park at Casino Org. Steve B on Twitter. I just tweeted uh, the link out at Joe O six seventy. Steve, thank you so much for your time tonight. No problem, Joe. Anytime. Glad to have. Glad to be on. Absolutely, some good stuff there from Steve Bittenbender. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was happening, and I know some people got upset when they saw the official news. But the writing has been on the wall forever. Over in that area, they view it as competition, and they don't want any competition. Like a sports book was not going to save Arlington Park. That's where we're at. With this bill, the lawmakers tried to save horse racing, but 
we've seen for years, the direction it was going, and we got uh, some bad news. That's unfortunate. I was really I – mean, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to do it this summer, but I was really looking forward to just once things are back to sort of normal. You can't say completely normal. Just hanging out at Arlington Park with the kids because they haven't uh, been able to head out there yet. So hopefully uh, we're going to have to try and do that this summer. Hopefully it happens because it sounds like racing at Arlington – might be ending for good come September. What are they going to do with that big property? Don't know. The long-running rumor is the Bears. Are they going to spend all that money to acquire that and then build a stadium? Not quite sure. I think they'll t- just keep downtown. But if I were the Bears, I know what I would want to do. Yeah, a lot of possibilities there. With all that land, put a sports book out there, how much money are you going to make? In this state? Bears fans, come on now. Be crazy. Crazy. Zach Levine is an all-star. Great for Zach Levine. Well-deserved. We're going to talk about that on the other side with Cody Westerland of 670thescore.com. Keep it here. I'm Joe Ostrowski. you got the score on the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. You know, a couple of years, you know, I, I feel like I've been playing at all-star level, but this year has been a little different. I've been obviously, you know, trying the best I can to do whatever it takes to, you know, contribute to winning. And, you know, I feel like I've done a big job of helping us get to that A spot. And, you know, I think that's where my main focus was. So I think you enjoy the fruits of your label, um, you know, when that comes in. So it means a lot. I think you guys know where I come from as Along with Julius Randle, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and Ben Simmons in the Eastern Conference, Zach Levine, named as a reserve today. Team LeBron, Team Durant, check in March 4th. Should be a lot of fun. Joe Ostrowski here. Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, Our guy Cody Westerland at 670thescore.com. You got a chance to speak with Zach Levine uh, just a little bit ago on a Zoom call. Let's uh, check in with Cody. He joins me on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or apford.com. Oh, I I promised an update on Illinois. Illinois lost to Sparty. A bad Spartans team. 81-7-D. Fifth-ranked Illini go down. They were looking for a number one seed. Now that's going to be tough to get. What's up, Cody? How you doing, Joe? I feel like you said that just to drive me and Herbie crazy <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, I should have known you were going to it's a, it's a, it's good, the game off. <laughs> it's a good night. for. Uh, you got to talk to Zach Levine. Bulls fans are very happy. And you get your Illini just laying egg on national TV, man. I think the uh, dreams of a Big Ten title in the regular season probably just crashed, and that uh, it's a real bad loss when you're trying to get a one seed. That's fine. Sparty's, uh, they're desperate. They're just trying to scratch and crawl crawl their way into uh, a a tournament spot, but that's not why you came. Uh, Zach Levine, you just spoke with him on a Zoom call. Uh, How were were his spirits? Spirits, Was he as excited as you expected? Yeah, I mean, he was really reflective, you know. Um, I think he understands how big of a night this is in his career. Not so much for the recognition, which he did want, but also just um, a milestone for the work that he's put in, especially when he's been a guy who had the ACL tear and had to be out about a year. 
Um, Timberwolves obviously gave up on him a little bit in the Jimmy Butler trade. He's a guy who's gone through six NBA coaches. So um, from a professional competitive standpoint, not making the playoffs, uh, Zach Levine hasn't experienced a lot of success in the NBA. It's been a hard time uh, despite putting up big numbers and getting paid very handsomely with a $78 million contract or so. But he was reflective, really appreciative, just of what his father, Paul, kind of helped lead him and mold him in, into a basketball player. Remembering the good old days of shooting buckets, shooting baskets in the Seattle rain, where he pointed out it's not below zero, but it's still raining a lot and it's cold there. Um, so a lot of days uh, gone by for Zach Levine. So he also was uh, pumped up, too. The funniest part, Joe, was probably the fact that uh, he thought he was calling into a Zoom call for the media around, I think, 7 p.m. or so, but his fiance and the Bulls set it up, so he had family and friends hopping on a surprise Zoom call for him. And then after having, you know, 20 minutes or a half hour with his family um, to get his congratulations and a nice surprise, then he got to talk to us. So uh, he, he was uh, enthusiastic about that. He thought it was pretty cool that they surprised him with that as well. Very cool. Uh, we are talking about a 30-game sample size. Uh, we keep that in mind while discussing what he's done this year, and it is a different situation. Some players' numbers have gone up, and many believe that hey, it's because of the no crowd, and I, I think that's why we've seen so many crazy 20-plus point comebacks uh, this season, but you can't take anything away from Levine because everybody's playing on this uh, even playing field here. But um, ha- has he changed your opinion of him as a player with what he's done, taking another step in year seven this season? Yeah, he has, and I would pinpoint it for one reason specifically, and that's been his offensive efficiency. And I know that NBA scoring's up and uh, efficiency's up. You're seeing teams shoot like 50, 53% some nights and still lose by like 15 points because of kind of the offensive bonanza at times. But Zach Levine's efficiency isn't up just a tick. You know what I mean? Like he was shooting 38% Mm -hmm. on threes last year, and this year he's just shy of 44% on high volume. He's shooting almost 52% from the field. He's getting to the free throw line and converting an 86 point, uh, 86% rate. So if he can be that efficient, that's when you're a difference maker. Like, I think we know that Zach Levine's never going to be a LeBron or James or James Harden type player in, in big assist numbers and how he gets opportunities for other players. Like you're not going to see Zach be a double digit assist guy ever. Um, you're never going to mm-hmm. see Zach be um, in the upper echelon of NBA defenders. I mean, if he can climb above average or average in the defensive end, that would be a massive, massive step for him. And he has taken steps in that area this year. But that offensive efficiency, like, that matters. Maybe he's still not a number one on a championship team, but if you have a number two scorer who's that efficient on the offensive end, and last night against the Rockets, Joe, he scored 14 points in two minutes and 54 seconds. You snapped your fingers, and just like that, the Bulls were like in a toss-up game and then had complete control because Zach Levine had a good three-minute stretch. Like That's how talented he is. That's how much he can heat up. That's how good he is offensively, and that's a game-changer um, when you can do it at that rate, that consistently, Every single night, and he's he's logging games, man. He's played every one this year. I think he only missed a few last year. So since he's come back from that ACL injury, obviously, several years ago when the Bulls acquired him in the trade, he's been really consistent in playing and everything. So uh, I think that's important um, for the Bulls organization, and I think that efficiency is something you can really build around as you plan for the future if the Bulls uh, want to keep building around Zach Levine, first-time All-Star. 
Uh, Cody, I did hear from some Bulls fans that are thrilled for Zach Levine. They think it's great, but not a guy that they want to build around long term. And I agree with you. It doesn't have to be a one, a top seven, top eight player killer in the league. You can still build with him as maybe your second best player. But uh, something else that I think people need to keep in mind in here is look at the situation he's been put in so far throughout his career. He's had six different head coaches. He's been a part of six losing seasons, and I don't think you can put most of that blame on Zach Levine uh, going from Minnesota and Chicago, hopefully before uh, they turn things around. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would probably agree with all of them. Zach Levine as a number one is probably not going to win you an NBA championship ever in his career. But if he is a number two, and that's fine, he can still pay number two's big money. Um, Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, 150, 200 million. I don't know uh, what his next contract will look like, but if you get a number that you feel is fair for production that he's putting up on a number two, you can still slot someone in um, at number one, whether that's free agency, a trade, or you build through the draft. And I think the catch for the Bulls front office and um, Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley is going to be like, is Zach Levine on the correct timeline of like Patrick Williams and Kobe White? Like, are you on the Zach Levine timeline or are you on the timeline of these 19, mm. 20, 21 year olds? So that's where it's difficult. But I don't think you just give up and say, oh, we got to trade him because for value that just we kind of like so we can have a correct timeline. Like if you trade him, OK, you better get a godfather offer at this point, though, right? Like that's how he's performing. Uh, at this time. So I think that's what's important to keep in mind. And the situation you're pointing out, yeah, like who's to say for the first time in his career, if he's taken this big of steps and been this good at developing and how many months in are we to the Billy Donovan tenure? Like it was September when the Bulls hired him. We're like seven, eight months into this. He's already grown so much. Zach has. Who's to say he can't keep doing it for the next, I don't know, three, four, five years. Cause you got to remember, I believe Zach turns 26. I'd have to check, but in March is his birthday. So he's going to turn 26 pretty soon. So his whole prime is still ahead of him. I know it feels like he's been around forever. That's because he came right. in young at 19, um, and the Bulls have kind of been bad, and you just kind of think about that sometimes. But he's still really young, really athletic. And the other thing is, you talk about athleticism. Yeah, a lot of Zach's games predicated on athleticism, but he's a phenomenal shooter, and shooting stays with everyone for the most part in their NBA careers. Took the words right out of my mouth. He's 25. He's 25. That's what people uh... – Uh, need to remember here. And just because it's a new regime doesn't mean uh, like the Cubs before when Theo and Jed and everyone came in, they didn't need to get rid of everyone that was already here. They still won with Javi Baez. They still won with Wilson Contreras. Guy's already part of the organization. Uh, Did did you think there was a decent shot he wasn't going to make it? Because, uh, Cody, you look at the snubs, you watch the association on a nightly basis. There's some quality players in, in the East, even though it is the weaker conference. Guys like Trey Young, Fred Van Vliet that did not make the All-Star game. Yeah, uh, I would say two to three weeks ago, uh, I doubted um, whether Zach would make the All-Star game. And that was because at the time he's playing well, but like I think the Hawks were ahead of him in the standings. You saw Trey Young putting up um, probably some bigger highlights night to night. Chris Middleton of the Bucks has been phenomenal all year. I thought he was probably out of all the snubs, maybe the most egregious because the Bucks have been good and he's been really good on both ends and shoots really well. Um, and doesn't get huge opportunity always behind Giannis, but he has shown he can fill it up too when he gets more opportunity. Um, so I thought Middleton would be one of the East All-Stars. I kind of penciled him in a couple weeks ago, but it didn't turn out to be that way. But 
Um, I was not surprised, like, when I woke up today, I expected Zach Levine to be an all-star because you got to remember how well he's played over these past few weeks. It's just been sensational, sensational basketball. I mean, he was like a one-man crew there for a while, leading the Bulls back against the Pistons the other night, just in one of those games where it's like you can't lose to bad teams and your best player is going to make sure you don't lose to a bad team, and he made sure of that. Uh, So he's really come on. I mean, his February has been one of the biggest scoring months in Bulls history, basically, I think around 32 points a game, with the exception of Michael Jordan's had bigger months. But other than that, it's like Zach Levine's going into the record book for the Bulls with his scoring, and we talked about his efficiency already. So uh, I thought he was deserving, obviously. I thought when I woke up this morning he was going to be an all-star, but I think it kind of turned really in the last couple weeks because, you know, I listen to a lot of NBA um, podcasts. I read a lot, and like three weeks ago when you're reading about it and listening to stuff, it's like he was kind of on the fringe, and it feels like just kind of in the collective landscape of the NBA, he's come on a lot in the past few weeks just with his big month and, uh, you know, playing the right way and the Bulls having some success obviously has helped too. They've won four out of their last five and uh, tied for the eighth seed, I think, in the East now. So you can use the if the playoffs started today argument, Joe, the Bulls would be in it and Zach Levine's their best player. No doubt. Uh, Joe Strasky with Cody Westerland, 670thescore.com. Is there another level to Levine's game? Yeah, I think it would be seeing the floor better. Uh, The Bulls have done a good job putting him in pick and roll this year, and he's did a good job identifying um, how to find Wendell Carter Jr. and Thad Young in the pocket, which allows them to make plays. Um, But, you know, good teams, especially when the more they see you and especially if you think about a playoff series in the future when people are advanced scouting a lot harder uh, and making adjustments from game to game and just creating game plans around stopping another team's best player, best scorer, whoever that may be, uh, that play's not going to be there all the time. So I think he's done a good job just kind of giving his teammates freedom, drawing attention to guys sometimes, giving his teammates having that trust in them to make plays, and it helps when Thad Young's kind of been unlocked for his potential and some of these other young guys are playing a little bit more consistently, obviously, and the Bulls are shooting well from the outside. But, like, James Harden, for example, uh, I think, I've said his name a couple times now, but I think it's fair in the fact that um, he's a guy that's been criticized for his defense. He's a guy that has explosive scoring talent. James Harden may be the best one-man offense sometimes in the history of the NBA if you need someone to go like one-on-one because he's either going to get a free throw, a layup, or a three-pointer that's actually efficient against a good defender still. But uh, Harden is such a good passer, and I think that's a skill that he's always had, but he's really developed it over the last several years as well. Um, just seeing the floor. And I think Zach Levine can see the floor better. Um, and I think, obviously, defense, we talk a lot about it. Um, just has to be better still. He's doing a better job off the ball. That was usually his biggest weakness. And you've seen him come over and make some help side plays recently. Um, follow a lot of good Twitter accounts. Like, you'll see highlights of him uh, doing some of the right things. But it's still like not mine? every single play. It's still, are, are you are you tweeting out Zach Levine highlights every night of defense, I'm sure? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not stuffing, no. <laughs> you're, you're the guy. You're the guy. I'd expect to do that. Um, like you got a lot of Zach Levine picking picking up a charge on this possession would be plus twenty two hundred or so. I would expect. Um, but yeah, I think no, defensively and then King. seeing the floor. Oh, what about Stacy King? <laughs> I said no. It's just me and Callie fighting with Stacy King. But no, well, I'm really not. Stacy King, if he's not fighting with your Callie, he's like just running the bus over Jim Boyland at every opportunity he gets. Like, that's the thing that made me laugh the most on the broadcast last night. He kept 
talking around Jim Boylan's name about how much oh, better the offense and system. And I was like, I was just cackling, laughing. Yeah. I'm like, Stacy, like, I mean, you could just say his name or you could do it this way. I mean, all of it was phenomenal analysis, analysis and assessments, but um, there's no doubt that Billy Donovan has been a great, great influence on Zach Levine and they have a really good relationship this year as well. Yeah, I noticed the same thing about the broadcast. Uh, yesterday on uh, BetQL Daily had uh, former Nets GM Bobby Marks on the show, and I asked him about Levine and what the Bulls should do. If you're in a new situation, you're given free reign, and uh, what you would do with Levine. Are you going to look to lock him up to a max deal or, or what at age 25? And he said, well, I would listen. I would listen to everybody and find out what his value is and then move on from there. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would keep letting it play out that I would not trade Zach Levine at this trade deadline whatsoever at all. You have to remember in-season trades are a little bit harder just because teams are less likely to part with players who are in their rotation, young guys who are in their rotation. Because if you're acquiring someone at the trade deadline in the NBA, it's usually to contend for a championship or elevate yourself in the playoffs. So a trade for someone like Zach Levine, you kind of saw it with the Jimmy Butler trade of the Bulls um, in 2017 for Levine. It's a type of trade that happens on draft night maybe a little bit more often. So, uh, yeah, I don't hang up the phone on anything, but I think the Bulls still have time on this. I'd play it out the rest of the year with Zach Levine, certainly. I'm in the camp if you're you're talking trade chips. Like, I would trade um, Thad Young in a heartbeat, I think, if I got a first-round pick. I think that's a no-brainer because his um, – just his value is going to be the highest point. I think you can get it right now. And even if you're saying that first round draft pick is going to be late in the first round, it might be the draft pick that allows you to package um, your other draft pick to trade up a couple spots to get a guy that you really like. So I think that's just an asset based type of thing that I would do if I was the bulls. But I don't think you look at Zach Levine and go, Oh wow. You know, I'll, I'll trade him just to build up the asset base a little bit. Like you got to really have a plan and it like would have to be on draft night and you'd have to be loving someone that you're building around. That's like a 19 or 20 year old that you can get on the team. Um, or it would have to be something where you're getting another established young player back at this point. Like you're not just trading him to get a first round pick. When you trade Zach Levine, you have a set plan, what you would do with that pick and asset. I think if you're going to do that, because that's the respect he deserves. Um, at this point, the way he's ascended. And again, um, right now, play it out. See if he's the uh, he's the best bet for uh, you the rest of this year, just competitively, obviously. But then in the future, um, you listen to see what his value is, and then you play it from there. This is not a decision that needs to be made by the Bulls um, anytime soon whatsoever with him. Cody, did you see when Max Homa won uh, Riviera the other day? It was fun. You want to know what disappointed me the most about that, Joe? <laughs> was I don't even know if he was telling the truth, but Parkins claimed, after claiming he had a Sam Burns ticket, he also claimed he had a Tony Finau ticket after Tony had a bad first day. And I'm yes! Like, no. Yes! I was like, I was like, is he just saying that as a part of the uh, the ad read to to say, oh, you know, I didn't win, but I was really close. I was onto a couple of things because I'm like, is He's Parkins close twice. really? Is Parkins really betting Tony Fee now on Thursday night or Friday morning? I don't know about that one. I have supported Fake Tony Fee now for a long time. I did not want <laughs> Parkins to hop on. And it's I wouldn't want Parkins to even win that money. That'd be dirty money if he won it after not supporting Fee now for wow. all these years, and I have. So, um, so now you, now you know. Part. Now you know why there was a collapse at the end this time. Now you oh. know. Oh, I need to file a complaint with uh, with Shane and Tanny because they did that today about the White Sox. That's a good point. 
as soon as Parkins bets on them, they're gonna they're gonna take a dive. That's for sure. Man, I didn't think did about he bet, that. Did he bet the White Sox? Uh, he's been talking. So uh, Shane and Tanny say that Parkins is gonna have to buy a White Sox jersey, custom made, and wear it on the Twitch stream with the number 18, which is his sometimes best media members in Chicago sports <laughs> media ranking. Um, so yes. that that right now, if he wants to bet on the White Sox and enter the fan club, it sounds like he has a payment of some sort that is going to be worked out. Um, maybe we'll have to do that next time he bets on Fino too. 70 to ones are cool, man. I don't know if you've ever hit one. It's a lot of fun. Man, did, did you, like, what was your reasoning? You, I, I like Matt Soma, but I didn't like, I didn't have any reasoning this week. Oh, there was plenty of reason. Plenty of reason. It's some of it narrative-based, some of it not. The guy's played the course a million times. He's a local guy. Course history, he's played it when last year. He was fifth there. He was seventh last week, close to winning a couple other tournaments. The form, course history, knows the court. I mean, it was all there for you. It was just so easy when you think about it. Yeah, um, now you're just trolling me. I I like the uh, no, but all the, all that was true. What I said though, you know. Yeah, I mean Xander Schauffele had also played in the San Diego area forever around a home course and couldn't make right. a cut or something like. Right. Just because Max Homa golfed at age 17 somewhere, I'm not gonna bet him. But uh, maybe. And what I about the start. other stuff I said? It's all on point, and I'm just mad at you now. All of it is on point. Uh, For the listeners that are unaware, I had Max home at 70 to one and Cody is a Tony Finau stan and he bets him every single week. And he's very frustrated because Finau is so he is he's a top 10, at least top 15 player in the world. And people trash him because he hasn't won in so long. Joe, I calculated the stats, and in his last like three tournaments, he's beat 403 competitors and lost to three of them. Three exactly. second place finish. He's great. Just, He's great. Which is why I, I bet say him great. top ten. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matchups. That, that, kill it. That that chip from the tree. Like I thought it was over when Homo was on, around the tree because I'm like <laughs> he's gonna have to chip out sideways. And yeah. And, like we're finally onto something. I was like after all these years, this is Finau's moment. Like he finally got the break. Homo misses the putt to win it on 18 and is lodged against a tree, but Max is just like, no, no big deal. You know, I'll just hit it to like seven feet and put pressure on you as wealthy now. And then mm. you know what happens when he has pressure on him. Do you have your uh, Levine story up on 670thescore.com? Uh, I sure do. Going to add some uh, Levine comments to it as well. His uh, his best quotes when I get off this radio interview as well. So uh, 670thescore.com um, for all your Bulls coverage, all the excitement for uh, Zach Levine um, making his first all-star appearance. Good stuff. Thank you, Cody Westerlin. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, there's Cody. I got to talk some golf, too. Big winner over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. Man, is that stressful. If you've ever been in the mix for a golf outright, it is so stressful. But uh, I was locked in watching that tournament. It was a lot of fun. Get WGC this weekend. But the big news this evening, Zach Levine, an all-star, well-deserved for the first time in his career. Joe Osho, 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. You know, I go out there and, yeah, I try to let my game speak for itself. Um, you know, I think contract negotiations will, will come up and, you know, we'll see where stuff lay, may lay. But, you know, I try to let my game speak for itself and let you guys assess that and put the, you know, the numbers behind it on, you know, the things I've done versus my contract and other players. So, you know, I think I think I've done well for myself, though. 
Bulls guard, Bulls star, Zach Levine, now an all-star. March 4th, we're going to have that draft. Uh, Team LeBron, Team Durant, don't know which team will be selecting Zach Levine, but great news for him and his career. Six head coaches, six losing seasons, year number seven. He's taking it to another level. His age 25 season, hitting 44% from beyond the arc. He leads the NBA in fourth quarter points. The coaches noticed, and they made him an all-star reserve. So good stuff there uh, from Zach Levine. Julius Randle also selected. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Celtics backcourt. Some wondered, is he going to be snubbed for one of those guys? No, they all made it. Nikola Vucevic, Ben Simmons, all get in. Out, Trey Young, Fred Van Vliet, Sabonis, Colin Sexton. Uh, in the West, Devin Booker, who's been phenomenal this year. Kyle Lowry, I know he's been missing some time lately. So um, uh, Zach Levine is in. Good news for him. And, uh, you know, what, what's happening here, and talked a little bit uh, with Cody Westerlin about this and addressed it early on in the show is Zach Levine's changing my mind a little bit, changing my mind, the way he's playing. I had assumed that they're going to move on from Zach Levine and they'll see what he can get in the trade market, but unless you knock the Bulls' socks off, I don't think that Zach Levine's going anywhere, especially at uh, the... It's still the early stage of his career. I know it's weird to say in year seven, but that's where we're at. So as of uh, earlier this evening, when I was starting the show, I haven't seen any breaking news on this. Uh, we don't have anything new on Tiger Woods. If you're away from the news today, um, this morning, it happened at 7.22 a.m. in California, uh, Tiger Woods was involved in, in a car accident. He was reportedly in stable condition, but with serious injuries, non-life-threatening serious injuries uh some reporters have said there's no evidence of impairment at all some on the scene were asked was he on his phone and they said that there's just no evidence of that at this time but I, i don't know if you're watching genesis over the weekend i was and at one point tiger woods popped up you know, he was there to congratulate the winner, which ended up being Max Homa. And Homa talked about how nervous he was uh, because not only would he be winning a tournament and on the tour for a few years locked in, but also about meeting Tiger Woods. And he was joking that he's, Tiger Woods is going to be forced to talk to him for at least a few seconds. Uh, they interviewed him for a couple minutes, and I felt there were some takeaways there. And honestly, Tiger didn't look right when I saw him. I'm not trying to speculate on anything, but I've just, I just I, I made that comment to a lot of people that were watching uh, golf over the weekend. A tiger didn't look great. And the things that he was saying kind of led you to believe that there's a decent chance that he's not he wasn't going to par- be participating in the Masters. Now, that's before this car accident, obviously. Now, he's certainly not going to be playing. We don't know if he's going to play again. We don't know how serious... The injuries are, um, but before this, I mean, the way he was talking about his back, it's like we keep learning stuff about what he's going through and the number of surgeries he's had and he's going to have to go through. Uh, but we, at least we got some good news. I mean, the golf, I, I've heard people talk about that all day. Oh, is, is he ever going to play again? Who cares right now? Who cares? 
did he survive it? Is he going to be okay? I mean, that's the big question right now. I, I, I don't really care today if he's going to play golf again. That's not the big question. Is he okay? I mean, you, you look at the car as it rolled over a bunch of times. It was scary when you when you just saw that image uh, earlier this afternoon once uh, this became uh, public for everyone. And just watching ESPN all day and, and, and they had the minute-by-minute minute coverage just getting any guess they could think of. And um, Tigers people don't want to give any update on his current condition right now. But they're saying non-life-threatening, does have serious injuries, but he's in stable condition. And it was mentioned at the press conference that wearing a seatbelt saved his life. Saved his life because he uh, was wearing a seatbelt. And and these are lower leg injuries. That is one of the very few details that we do have. And uh, I'm sure we'll learn more over the next couple of days. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Coming up next, Score Rewind. Some of the best stuff throughout the day you may have missed right here on 670, The Score and the Radio.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 